random side note, and this is just my particular choice, and we can, you know, it's not a big deal. Um, but I think Morgan keeps his identity super uh, secret from everybody. Um, so Paku, unless he had some way of, of knowing his real name, he would just uh, have him call him uh, Sentinel or something along those lines, or maybe um, some kind of weird uh, name of how Paku would uh, kind of put together Cerulean Sentinel, uh, like Susu or something like that. But anyway, um, like I said, Morgan's not a, a super smart guy, so he would, like you said, follow where uh, Paku said that he had seen this, uh, individual and try to backtrack to a certain extent. He'd probably even approach some citizens and I'm still trying to um, figure out how I want his voice um, to be. So if I go through a couple of different iterations, um, you know, just, just bear with me until I find the one that, that sticks. But he'd probably uh, approach them to something to the effect of I don't know if he'd cheese it up as, as bad. Like I said, I'm still working on this, but he'd be like, citizens, um, have you seen a, a, a ghost-like individual who has been terrorizing the sink recently? I'm trying to hunt him down to make sure that uh, no other citizens are are harmed or, or are frightened. Do, do you have any information? And, you know, maybe they point him in the right direction. Maybe they don't. But I imagine that he doesn't really come up with anything. So, you know, he, he's he's racking his brain trying to figure out something, uh, looking around. And one of the people he runs into, you know, probably scoffs and says something to the effect like, man, what do I look like, a, a PI or something? And, um, you know, this is the ambient ability of the suit with the probability control. Uh, he recalls uh, running into a private investigator. Um, I gave him his business card uh, a couple months back. Sentinel was uh, on patrol, or he was uh, on a stakeout, and uh, he was checking out a flaming hellblow, hell if I can talk, a flaming hellblow clan uh, headquarters um, that's close to the sink. And he thought that they were the culprits, but they were actually being framed by a rival gang that he ended up taking down. But while he was on the stakeout, he ran into um, Roland and, uh, you know, he told him that he didn't want any part of the, the physicality of what was going on. But if he ever needed a case worked on or anything to get in contact with him and he gave him his card. So Morgan goes back to the derelict building that he's uh, camping out and squatting in and goes through the trash bags of clothing and belongings he find, uh, he has until he finds um, Roland's card and uh, goes and finds his address. And it's, it's probably some old brownstone or something. I don't know if you have a, an idea, but he'll um, sit on a fire escape across the way in, in you know, dramatic fashion, the way he imagines that heroes do. And, pick up some um, 
crushed gravel or something in the alleyway and um, pelt his his window until he he opens it up until he sees him and uh, then he you know start his conversation he say Roland I'm not sure if you remember me but I am the Cerulean Sentinel and uh, we ran into each other when you were working a case that I was observing with the Flaming Helbo clan. And I understand that you helped to clear their names, and I, I appreciate that. And um, I was thinking that maybe um, Morgan was actually uh, almost became a member of them since they're a bunch of mehumes that are just kind of running around trying to do vigilante justice. But he says, um, I have a bit of an odd case that you may be interested in. There seems to be a ghost running around town or, or, or some type of, um, what are they called? Uh, he says this under his breath. He's, he starts to he says, um, uh, appar, appar, apparitions. Uh, I think, think yes, uh, ghost. Anyway, uh, I've, and I've been informed uh, that uh, they, it, it, may, it may be causing some sort of trouble, and I was hoping that you'd be able to help me to hunt it down. The only bit of flavor I would add is that during your conversation, excuse me, during Sentinel's conversation with Roland, he gets the sense that Roland is smirking a bit, and later on he'll put together that Roland had a sort of sense that he was there when he was lurking outside on the fire escape. Um, sort of found it amusing that Sentinel thought he wouldn't remember him or just, you know, never considered the possibility that he wouldn't. So he had a sort of um, cat with a mouse look a little bit. But... <clears throat> The two of them head over to the last sighting of this sailor ghost, and Roland is able to backtrack from there, following a, a pathway of magical energy. I'm interested how Sentinel deals with the idea of magic, but we can sidebar that. The point is, between the two of them, they're able to piece together the chain of recent sightings and establish a sort of range that this ghost can't go outside of. It can't leave the sink, although it seems to keep trying to. Eventually, with the help of Paku Paku, an entity that totally blows Roland's mind, He's like, but how did... Listen, uh... He sort of talks like that. He's like, listen, sent. Sentinel. Listen, sent. I'm fine with whatever you're doing. Whatever it is. And he gestures at the suit. You've got going on here. But a fish? You're telling me this fish came out of a goldfish bowl in some kid's apartment? Get out of here. I don't buy it. So he's sort of weirded out by Paku Paku's existence and tries to sort of play it off in his cheap imitation tough guy sort of way. But uh, Paku Paku is able to drain the water temporarily from the 
site of the old building where he, she, it first encountered the ghost. There was a sentimental keepsake there. Something like um, an old uniform. It was like a bundle of a person's possessions. And they ended up on a, a little trash boat. Unlike some places, Stringersburg doesn't put all of its garbage onto big barges and then ship it elsewhere. For a long time, they were trying to use garbage to elevate the sink. There was a project to take huge piles of public waste and uh, submerge them to try and force the whole neighborhood up. But that's not how that works. Or maybe it is, and they just did a poor job of it. In any case, the living person who this ghost is the ghost of is attached to these possessions, their old stuff, their uniform, and like a locked, uh, not cabinet, like a footlocker, um, something metal that can be sealed that had some sentimental keepsakes in it. You all find it. Um, so Roland and Sentinel and Paku Paku are there. And when you lay hands on it, the ghost appears. And you can see distinctive features. And at first it's really angry and there's a battle. But um, there's a moment in which Roland is able to... He's sort of knocked down and he scrambles out of sight for a while. But in his retreat, <clears throat> he gets out his grimoire and he whips up a, a spell on the fly that allows him to temporarily halt the battle and to bring it down to a point where you all can talk. And you find out the sailor's real name, uh, what happened to him, which is that he died on a riverboat. He used to work riverboats that uh, took trade from Stringersburg to other Midwestern cities. And um, his remains were never recovered. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Um, well, yeah, okay. They found his stuff, but they never found his body. And eventually they just threw his stuff out. Basically, the company that had hired him and his commander on, on the ship, the captain of his ship, did a very poor job following up with his burial rites and that sort of thing. So he has never been given a proper burial and also his identity was sort of lost but after a while uh, you you're able to Sentinel is able to negotiate sort of a truce and then eventually with Roland's help you track down his living family um, who are living elsewhere maybe in Chicago but um, left Stringersburg sort of traumatized by the, the loss of, of this son. His parents left after he died and uh, his body was never recovered. And um, you're able to find one of them still living. Actually, no, it's all descendants now because this is, this is a long time ago that this happened. Um, 
So you find somebody who's actually the um, nephew of the original sailor. He's pretty old now. Or he's like in his middle, he's in his 50s or something. And he's able to come to Strangersburg. He's interested in coming. He makes an effort to come and to sort of set things to rights. You turn over the old possessions. He has an encounter with the ghost, and that sort of settles things. So the ghost disappears, but even after he's gone, Sentinel and Roland are standing in the on the roof of the old half-submerged building where this all went down. And Roland is sort of looking around. You can tell he's doing so with his magical senses, and he's just like, you know, I get the feeling we haven't seen the last of that guy. He's not upset anymore, but I don't think he feels like he's done. So, maybe uh, the sailor will come back, maybe not, we'll see. In the meantime, uh, love the Flaming Hellbow connection. Gonna hold on to that. But let's begin with day one. So, day one, Monday, July 9th, 2018. Sentinel is up early, patrolling the sink looking for any last remnants of the wave of activity that swept through the city last week when city and countywide elections were held. The two major parties in Stringersburg are the Technological Progress Party, also called the Technocrats, and the Strong American Men Party, called the Strong Men. There is a third recognized party, the pro-human anti-meta party, but their actual electoral presence has been minimal. There's a tendency for their candidates to be decertified or to just be raving maniacs who can't go on television without spouting all sorts of insane conspiracy theories that even in the present time in American culture are just beyond the pale for people. Sentinel finds a crumpled copy of the Stringersburg Commercial Dispatch, the city's venerable pro-business weekly paper, uh, lying in the street. And though he doesn't need the paper to tell him of this, their headline is a stark reminder of what happened last week, which is the technocrats who had been slight underdogs in uh, city political office. They had been outnumbered by the strongmen a little bit. They were in the minority, have suddenly and unexpectedly reversed that. The strongmen have been practically shut out. There are still a couple of stalwarts holding offices like police chief and a couple of other city or like county legislature seats that we can just leave open for now and bring in as necessary. But the Technological Progress Party won a huge victory. And a lot of people are upset about it. 
there's also the simple fact that with the election happening on July 5th, as it traditionally does in Stringersburg, right after Independence Day, the city basically had a half week. Wednesday was a federal holiday, a national one. Thursday was election day, and nobody expected to get anything done on Friday. So the city basically went on a huge spree. A lot of working class tensions get worked out in impromptu street festivals, pub crawls, and fistfights. So last week was a busy time. The sink was would have descended into a state of perpetual riot if Sentinel hadn't strategically appeared to convince certain people not to form a group of their friends and go out knocking heads. But the weekend's debauchery now out of the way the city is sobering up to the new political reality, which is one-party rule, more or less. And things have not been harmonious in this city for a long time in terms of its politics. Ever since metahumans started to really emerge into the public eye, People's connections to the national parties, the Democrats and the Republicans, have more or less evaporated, as they have in a lot of states and cities. In fact, since Meta's appeared, the whole country has started to balkanize. Smaller units of government have become more and more autonomous as the federal government tries to cope with what they see as threats to their sovereignty, which any metahuman is, as far as they're concerned. So, while a few people might still have connections to national political parties in town for the most part, it's the local two, or two and a half, and... Although they're not completely in opposition to each other on every issue, they've more or less formed a duopoly of their own right here in Stringersburg. So people are upset and people take to the streets. Monday night, Sentinel is patrolling on the rooftops, which he's acrobatic enough to do as long as he's wearing the suit. He can just jump from building to building, I imagine, or, you know, stunt it, use a flagpole to vault over or flip off a thing and then bounce off another thing, whatever. So he's out Monday night looking down into the street. It's about nine o'clock. Night is night has just settled in on this summer evening. And he hears before he sees the group of young men walking down the street together, shouting, chanting slogans. He's able to follow them without any real trouble. 
and can see that they're walking along the street in this border area of the sink. This is one of the places where the neighborhood across the street is quite different. And some people, possibly Val Ashcroft, uh, in her capacity as uh, owner of, you know, Ashcroft Industries or Ash Ashcroft Construction or whatever it's called. Uh, this is one of the areas where she's trying to gentrify the city. So there's a like a two-block area where the neighboring neighborhood is quite nice, and she and others are trying to push into the sink from there. So from the sink side, he can observe this group of young men dressed in leather jackets, camo, combat boots, and muscle shirts walking down the street. There's a cluster of about eight of them. And at one point, they seem to get tired of the sidewalk and start walking in the street. First, they take to shoving people off the sidewalk in front of them. Then they move out into the street and block traffic. When cars come toward them and honk at them, they surround the cars. You, well, Sentinel thinks there's going to be a fight right then and makes ready to move. But the person in the car that they've surrounded carefully goes into reverse gets out of their way and they sweep past hooting in triumph after a, another couple of minutes when they've passed by this car they wheel about and come to a stop in front of an area that includes a nice cafe with outdoor seating the patrons of which are terrified and a building that Sentinel knows is sort of a combination tech startup incubator building and technocrat party headquarters. So these young men are standing outside in front of both. They're, they're sort of spread out. They're covering the whole area. Half of them are facing the patrons of this cafe seated outdoors, shouting slogans at them. It sounds like they're strongmen. I don't know any strongmen slogans yet. I, I haven't made them up yet. But um, if we want to get all Magnolia about it, some of them are shouting, respect the cock, maybe. I don't know. That's probably too much. But some of them are probably saying that. Um, and maybe it's, maybe there's other ones like, um, Americans first, men second, or maybe the other way around. I don't know, but they appear to be antagonizing the patrons of this cafe while some of them are doing that while the others are sizing up this tech building next door. You can see from the rooftop, Sentinel can see from the rooftop, that at both establishments, the staff are nervous. At the technocrat building, there seems to be one staffer there 
and a security guard, both of whom look really nervous, standing just inside the door, exchanging whispers with each other. Over at the cafe, there's a maitre d' or a, you know, a, a host coming out to try and talk to these guys and reason with them. But to Sentinel's trained eye, it's quite clear that violence is going to break out soon. In fact, it's about to go down in both places at once. So Sentinel's decision is basically to intervene in the cafe to prevent the strongmen from, well, these thugs who are chanting slogans that make them sound like they're affiliated with the Strong American Men Party. Do you want to dive in to the cafe scene and prevent them from hurting people there, or do you want to intervene in front of the Technological Progress Party office slash business incubator and prevent that from being destroyed? Your call.